Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Minister Ginger London. Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. I am your host, your um, kingdom leader, as well as um, coach and mentor for tonight. As you know, we have been doing a series of Got to Get Myself Together radio shows as we move into the new year, and uh, we make resolutions and uh, we get ourselves together. And so we've been doing a series of shows. And I want to begin this series. This is series uh, number six and seven. I'm sorry, number seven, seven and eight. Uh, we did five and six a couple of days ago. Now we're doing six, uh, seven and eight. And this one is no more excuses. But before we get started on tonight, I want to thank um, all of you and those of you who prayed for my family uh, as my um, 94-year-old uncle, Uncle Henry London Sr., had to go into um, unexpected emergency surgery on tonight, on last night um, uh, about 12.45 a.m., and uh, the surgery went well, praise God. And uh, he is doing well. He is in ICU recovering. They're watching him because of his age. But uh, he did exceptionally well, and I thank God uh, for his strength. I thank God for my uncle's strength, and I thank God for his healing power and his strength in ta- um, uh, moving quickly and mightily in that situation. And so um, praise God for that. So we're going to get started on tonight. And, again, tonight's topic is no more excuses. And, again, it's a got to get myself together um, a radio series. And um, it's a couple of things I want to talk to you about when it comes to uh, no more excuses. Sometimes we make a lot of excuses about why we're not any further in our life, lives than where we are or why we haven't um, uh, stepped out yet or launched out or why we haven't started um, uh, something or completed something, and we make excuses about it. And so let's uh, open up with prayer. We're going to get right into uh, tonight's show. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on tonight. We bless your name, O oh God. We honor you, Lord God. We just humble ourselves before you. Father, I humbly thank you for uh, the miracle on last night. I thank you for your healing power, Lord God. And, Father, I pray for everyone who's listening on tonight that, Father, they position themselves to no longer make excuses but position themselves to walk in the fullness of of life or the fullness of the calling that you have placed upon their lives and to walk out your ordered steps, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you right now that any hindering hindering uh, uh, 
things in the way, any obstacles or or stones that are uh, coming in the way to block them from progressing this year, Father God, that you have removed the stone, Father God, so that they can be free in your spirit and, and, and advance to where you have purposed them to be. In the name of Jesus, um, we pray. Amen. So once again, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, God bless you. I'm so excited that you are here. So when we talk about excuses, uh, let's get right into it. And I just want to say, as we get started, I want to open up with saying excuses will rob you from what God has prepared for you. Excuses will rob you from what God has prepared for you. And there's a a definition that one of my um, spiritual fathers uh, have taught uh, his sons and daughters, and I love this uh, definition, and I, I'll share it with you. And it says, uh, the definition of excuse is a cowardly, demonic expression which seeks the release from an obligation, assignment, responsibility, or negative consequences due to a lack in performance. And so I'll say that to you, I'll read it to you again. It's a cowardly, demonic expression which seeks the release from an obligation, assignment, responsibility, or negative consequences due to a lack in performance. So let's really work through that that, uh, definition right quick before we get into uh, the rest of the uh, teaching on tonight. It says it seeks, um, it's a cowardly uh, expression. And, you know, a lot of times when people are cowardly or, if you will, they have that spirit on them, they are afraid. And so it comes back to a spirit of fear. Um, and you know that the word of God says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so since God gives us power, then that means that we have everything within us, the energies, the fortitude, um, uh, the strength to do. And not only that, but he gives us um Love. We have his love on the inside of us, okay? And then we have um, a sound mind. So when you're operating out of fear, you don't think correctly. Your thoughts are, are, are not right. When you're operating out of fear, what happens is you begin to condition yourself according to fearful thoughts. You know, but it, what if I invest... Uh, what if I take my money and start my business, then I'll be out of my money. And then what if the business doesn't work out? Or the business doesn't work, and then I still have lost my money. You know, what if I um, go take a class to learn more about uh, something to get a promotion on my job? What if they don't give me the promotion? Then I'll be out of my money from taking the class. You know, so if you're not careful when you are paralyzed or you in a cowardly state, when fear has taken over, it will cause you to have fearful thoughts. And you will begin to act out those fearful thoughts with excuses and hesitations so that you will not accomplish or you will not pursue what God has purposed for you. And so it says, it goes on to say, uh, which seeks the release from an obligation. You know, if you have um, answered your calling or you know what your assignment is, when you come into that understanding, you are obligated then to actually fulfill it and do whatever you need to do to make sure that you walk it out the way God intended. But when you are operating from uh, a cowardly spirit, a cowardly spirit, and you're operating out of fear, you will try to come up with something to help to help release you from your obligation of living the life that God has called you to. 
You'll find something that you'll come up with an, uh, a reason why you cannot complete the assignment. And when you come up with that release, that reason, that in your mind is your release from the assignment. Or you'll come up with something to release yourself from the responsibility or from any negative consequences of something. The example I gave, what if the business doesn't work? The negative thing is I'm out of my money. So to avoid being out of my money, I will not even pursue it. I will not even uh, 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 make an investment, a startup investment. I will not do anything to start the business because I don't want to suffer any possible negative consequences. All right? And so when we talk about that, remember, excuses will rob you from what God has prepared for you. If you um, uh, uh, want to be a diligent a person who overcomes everything in life, you must eliminate all excuses. There, there are no room for excuses in your life if you're going to live a fulfilled life, if you're going to live a prosperous life, if you're going to live a magnificent life, if you're going to live, if you're going to embrace your created purpose. You can't do that making excuses. You do that in, a, in steps of faith and with confidence, knowing that whatever God has said that you, you are to do, you can do that. He loves you enough to get past or get beyond your excuses. You know, uh, your, any excuses that you're using in your life today, they're blocking your blessings. You know, they rob you from development by, making a, by not making a demand on your potential. So when you know that God has called you to do a particular thing, to live that life in its fullness, you have to prepare and equip yourself. And so when you make excuses, what excuses do, they rob you of uh, development. Because it doesn't make a demand on your potential. It keeps you from walking in, in your created assignment. And so, therefore, when you're not walking in your assignment, your potential is not developed. It's not being developed. It's actually being stagnant because you're not walking in what God has purposed for you. Um, and excuses will also stand between you and your divine and your divine creativity. There's so much that God has placed on the inside of you. Remember the scripture I've used for the last several show, uh, few shows, uh, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. There is greatness on the inside of you. There's divine creativity on the inside of you. It doesn't matter what your assignment is. It doesn't matter what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter what purpose or what your life's purpose is. Whatever word that you want to use to describe what you're supposed to be doing in the earth, God has already placed in you divine creativity. Every area, uh, if you say professional area, ministry areas, um, business uh, areas, careers, you know, community service, it doesn't matter where you're going to be or what you'll be doing. Creativity will be needed in every area of life or every um a service of life, if you will. So it doesn't matter what profession you're in. It doesn't matter uh, who your uh, target audience is, who the community is that you're going to be serving. You will need at some point in your journey to use creativity. And God has given you divine creativity. But when you make excuses about why you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, it robs you of being able to actually um, uh Use that divine creativity, all right? It, uh, it robs you of speaking faith. See, instead of speaking faith and have faith confessions, as we talked about on another show, instead of doing that, you're going to always be negative. You're going to always find a reason why you can't do something, why um, 
it is difficult for you or why you shouldn't. And most of it will be why you shouldn't. You will come up with reasons why you should not do something instead of uh, coming up with reasons uh, or, or coming up with faith confession, believing that whatever God has called you to do, that you can actually do it. So let me give you some facts about excuses. Uh, and maybe you'll be able to identify with this and take notes. And if um, if you uh, learn more by listening, uh, remember that there are, there will always uh, there, there will be a replay of this particular uh, show. So let me give you some ex- uh, some facts about excuses. Uh, the first thing I w- fact I want to give you about excuses is that they minimize the lack of ability for the present moment. Every time you make an excuse, you minimize. The lack of ability for the present moment, you always rob yourself of, of the abilities that's right in the present moment. You know, even if it's something as simple as researching information about a particular thing, when you come up with an excuse about why you can't research today, then you have now minimized your ability to be able to do something today, and that is do the research. Okay? If you um, make an excuse about why, um, you can't um, apply for a job. Uh, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have all my references in front of me right now. You have just minimized your ability uh, uh, for the present moment. You know, you could get your references um, a little later, but at least have the get the application, get online, pull it up, do whatever. So one thing that a fact about uh, an excuse it minimizes the lack of ability for the present. Another fact is it maximizes the difficult task of um, at hand. And so when you make an excuse, it maximizes any difficulties that may come up as a result of you doing something or that may or could possibly be a, 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 a difficult uh, task. It maximizes that. And what happens is you begin to focus on any difficulties or any um, roadblocks or hindrances that might be in a way in the way, and you focus on that and you don't do anything. And every time the subject comes up, you make an excuse. You either repeat the same excuse or you come up with a different excuse every time some, that that particular thing is brought up. And then another fact about it, it provides you with um, a claim of innocence. You know, for example, you say, I didn't know. You know, why didn't you research about the type of business you wanted to do. Well, I don't know, I don't know how to research on the internet. I don't use the computer too much. You know, I just use it at work and that's it. I'm not familiar with internet. I don't know. I don't really don't know how to use. I don't know how to use Google. I don't know how to search on the internet. I just, you know, I play a few games and this. I don't. I don't know how to do that. You know, why didn't you? Um, why didn't you uh, start your business? Um, I don't know how to start a business. You know, I know I can, you know, I have that interest, but I don't know how to start a business. And so what happens is you start using I don't know, and it makes you appear like you're innocent from not, you know, that you're innocent, that you're the innocent party in this. And because you didn't know, that is why, that excuses you from not having done whatever it is that you should have done. All right? And then um, it's a spiritual smokescreen, you know, um, uh you what you do is you use something spiritual to back up the excuse that you that that you just you know gave somebody for the reason why you didn't do a particular thing. Oh well, I'm, you know I'm still praying about it. Um, well, you know I'm I'm just waiting on the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm just waiting for God to show me what the next move is. And you've been saying that for six months, and here you are 
They've had four or five different job openings on your job, and you haven't applied for anything that would advance you to the next level because you're waiting on God to show you what you're supposed to do. Six months. They've had four or five promotion opportunities. You qualify for every last one of them, but you didn't apply for any of them because you um, used a spiritual smoke screen and said, I'm waiting on God to show me which one I'm supposed to apply for. And now you have people who probably got the promotion who didn't really qualify for it. And here you sit in the office with all of the abilities, the gifts, talents, the knowledge, the know-how, but you won't apply for the job. For the promotion, so you use spiritual uh, uh, smoke screens, and that you you quote scripture, you 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 make uh, uh, faith confessions, you do all of that, all as a smoke screen. It's not that you're really waiting; it's just an excuse. So it can, so now you look spiritual, you look more it's connected to God than what you really are. All right. Another thing about fact about excuses. Um, they uh, excuses claims importance of an unimportant commitment. All right, and so what an excuse will do is it will put you, it will make it look like you're focused on the important things. And the reality is, when we take a look at what you're focused on, those are the unimportant or irrelevant uh, things in your life. And so what it does is it claims that what you're doing right now is important. When, in essence, if you look at it, it's something that could wait four or five months from now. So you focus on something that's unimportant or not as important as what you should be doing, and you make an excuse about, I'm working on this, and that's why I can't do that. And so that's what it does. And so what the excuse does is it puts you in a position to make it seem like the, the irrelevant, unimportant thing is important, and the thing that is majorly important, you can't get to it because you're too busy working at this, doing this one. And then it's, um, you know, uh, causes uh, ex- an excuse can cause social uh, deprivation. In other words, you you um you start hiding behind your hurt. You know what happens is you know you come up with all of these so who hurt you, who did you something, you know who you trusted, you got backstabbed, you know they disappointed you, uh, they stole your idea, they started uh, you know they took your business idea, you know um uh, you start hiding behind. All of that, and so now you're socially deprived because you're hiding behind your hurt, and what happens? You don't make any new connections. You don't do anything to increase your relationships, in other words, to build relationships with new people because you're so busy hiding behind uh, your hurts, and now you just, you're not just hiding, but you're now also using your hurts and pains as excuses for why you're not progressing, why you're not advancing, why you're not launching out into the deep so that you can um, receive a greater catch and harvest. So now you're hiding behind your hurt, and so and what happens is again whatever a man, whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And whatever um, the the word of God says that um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you have a lot of hurt and pain that you have you know have not gotten healed from, then what comes out of your mouth is what's on the inside of you, and so. Not only are you hiding behind hurts and pains, now you're taking them and you're trying to use them as manipulative tools to avoid doing what you were created to do. And so I will, you know, uh, creatively say, you know, I can't trust anybody, you know, because everybody I've trusted in the past, you know, they only hurt me. They, uh, you know, ran off with my idea. You know, she's supposed to be typing my book and now she has a book out. You know, all sorts of things that you say. And so that's what happens. Um, when you do that, you know, you know, 
when you look at a person who is an excuser, if you will, here's the profile of someone. See if you find yourself um, fitting this profile. One, the number one thing that people do who are excusers, if you will, people who make excuses, what the number one thing they do is they shift the blame to avoid facing shortcomings and, short, and consequences. I shift the, you know, the person who's a, an excuse maker, they would shift the blame. Instead of taking responsibility, putting that uh, excuse excuse on the side and actually taking the responsibility in what they're supposed to be doing, what they do is they shift uh, uh, the blame on other people, on situations, on circumstances um, to avoid facing shortcomings and consequences. They always focus on the negative, always focus on the negative. And so they shift the blame. And it's always somebody else's fault, some situation's fault, you know, some um, circumstance fault. Well, you know, this is the, I'm not. This is the kind of I'm not uh, brought up from this kind of family. I, I never had this experience in life. I had to always work hard uh, for what I want. They're always shifting the blame or uh, to something else, and then um, they're thinking um, uh, their failure is unnoticed. They go into some type of uh, denial. Uh, mode, you know, denial of reality, denial of, you know, what is uh, what is actually uh, is being personified from them. They go into n- denial about it. They really think that it's uh, going unnoticed, that nobody really realizes that they're making excuses. Nobody will figure out that what I'm saying is an excuse or that, you know, what I'm coming up with is just a, another reason why I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. They really think that people buy into um, what they're saying. And in some cases, it really does work. Because when when somebody who's an excuse maker meets someone who doesn't know uh, him or her, they will have a tendency to tell their story, and it'll sound legit. It'll sound, genu- sound genuine until you get to know the person, and every time you see them, there's always some reason why they're not doing a particular thing. And so then you begin to discern that what I ha- is, what is in front of me here is an excuse maker. All right, and then another characteristic of uh, part of their profile is that um, uh, they um, they have a lack of uh, uh, ability to demonstrate the scope of responsibility, you know, and that's on purpose. You know, some people, well, let me say this: some people actually, um, because of what they've gone through and uh, the reasons that actually causes some of the excuse making, they really do have to be empowered and uh, delivered from a, um, a, a self-pity type um, uh, spirit or situation so that they can actually do something different with their lives because that hurt and pain has crippled them. And so they actually are functioning from a really wounded area in life, and they need help. They need counseling. They need deliverance. They need prayer. They need all of those things. But then you have the... the some people who just make excuses. They're just procrastinators. They're lazy. They're slothful. They just haven't done it. They uh, come up with all kind of reasons why um, they uh, uh, won't do it. And what happens is there's a lack of demonstra- demonstration on their part for uh, the scope of their responsibility. So because they make excuses, what they're saying is um, this excuse uh, makes it possible for me not to take on the, the magnitude of responsibility that goes along with what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, whatever my assignment is, what my calling is. And so that's what they do. All right. And so that's the kind of like the profile of an excuse maker, you know. And so I want you to ask yourself, 
um, some questions so you can um, uh when you feel like you're about to give an excuse for not doing something, not getting yourself together, not um, moving um, in the area or in life the way that God intended, I want you to, when you feel an excuse coming up in your spirit, I want you to ask yourself one or all of these questions because it will help you to minimize excuse making. And that's what's important right now. If you're at the top of this year saying, I want to get myself together, I want to do better, no more excuses, no more compromise, I'm stepping out by faith, I'm launching out into the deep, then when you feel that excuse coming up in you, I want you to ask yourself, uh, one of uh, these three questions. Questions, And the first one is really intense. And remember I told you that this got to get myself together challenge is, in, is uh, intentional, but it is also intense. And so when you think about excuses, most of the time, I'm going to say 99, oh, I'll give you a break, say about 97 to 98% of the time, an excuse really is a lie that you've made up to justify why you haven't done something. And so this first question I want you to ask yourself is an intense question, but it's also a question that will make you probe into your inner being to find out what's really going on on the inside of you. So when you feel yourself about to give an excuse or make an excuse, the first question I want you to ask yourself is this, why, why am I about to tell the lie? Why am I about to tell the lie? You know, here I am talking to somebody about uh, what I should have done by now. Let's use, for an example, start a business. And I'm about to come up with all these excuses and make up all this stuff about why I haven't done it. And before I do that, I really need to go deep down on the inside and say and ask myself, why am I about to tell this lie? You know, what is the core reason why I'm about to make this excuse and then openly share this excuse with someone to the point I'm going to say it in such a way, there's going to be so much intensity behind my verbiage that in my wording is that I'm going to say it in such a way I want them to believe me and not question me. So why, number one, the first question you, I want you to ask yourself is why am I about to tell the lie, this lie? And then the second question is, is, the, is this lie worth me getting um, at odds with God? Okay, so when I tell that, when I tell the lie, come up with those excuses, now I'm getting at odds with God. Because now what I'm saying is, number one, that whatever God has shown me is really, you know, that's not really what I'm supposed to be doing or I shouldn't be doing it right now or I come up with reasons. So if you really have sought the face of God and you know what your assignment in the earth is and you know the steps that you should be taking to get there, when you come up with an excuse and when you make up something about why you haven't done it, now you put yourself in position to be at odds with God because you got your direction from God, but now you've decided to do something else outside of the direction that you got from God. So you really have to ask yourself, you know, why am I about to, you know, is it worth it? Why, when, you know, why am I going to tell the lie and then is it worth me uh, getting at odds with God? You know, and then number three, have I exhausted every option to keep my word? 
Okay? So if you know that you're supposed to start a business and you told somebody six months ago, the Spirit of the Lord is leading me to start a business, you know, have you really exhausted every opportunity to keep your word? Have you, did you do research? Did you look into the type of business you wanted to start? Did you even look at what it would cost to start it, what, you know, uh, what you needed to do? What type of license did you need if you need one for whatever you're trying to start? Did you, have you really exhausted all of your opportunities um, or all of uh, your um, options to keep your word, you know? And if you haven't, again, it goes back to uh, your core being. You're going to have to go within yourself to find out what is going on in such a way that will keep you, you know, uh, from not pursuing your dreams, your goals, your visions, but keeps you making excuses. Um, and then number four, what is the real truth in this situation? So whatever that excuse is that you uh, are, are using, what is the real truth in, the situ- in this situation? You have to be honest with yourself if you're going to get yourself together. You have to be honest with yourself if you're going to live a, fulfill- a fulfilled life, if you're going to embrace your um, created being, a, re- uh, a purposeful life, if you're going to live uh, in a, a life of abundance. You have to be true uh, to yourself. You know yourself better than any other human being. God knows you better than you know yourself, but you know yourself better than any other human being. A counselor, a therapist, a coach might be able to recognize some things based on some behaviors and on some things that you say, but we don't know that your innermost thoughts, we don't know um, uh, uh, your inner desires or your core values or beliefs until you speak them out loud. But you know them even in when you're not speaking them out loud. You know the in, when you go into the quiet recesses of your own life, you know who you really are. And so you have to ask yourself, what is the real truth in this situation? So when you think about excuses, when you think about making excuses and, you know, why you're doing them and you ask yourself these questions to kind of put yourself in a position to do better, to get, to get yourself together, and so that you can uh, begin to bring a transformation um, in your life and uh, you can renew your mind, change your way of thinking, your conversational change. You know, there are um, some components of an excuse that I want to bring to your attention. And sometimes we make, uh, you know, people make excuses and they're really not, they're really not paying attention to what they're doing. They're so, again, it could be from a place of fear. It could be from a, pla- a lack of knowledge, you know, or it just could be from a place of procrastination, of slothfulness, laziness, if you will. It's several different way, places that a person can actually make an excuse from. And, you know, it, like I say, you know yourself better than anyone else, you know, and if you really are trying to get yourself together this year, then you may want to uh, connect with a really good accountability partner if you don't have um, a life coach that you go to or a professional counselor or someone who um, uh, is in counseling or a therapist of some kind, uh, you know, if you're not doing those things, you need an accountability partner, someone who is matured emotionally, psychologically, you know, uh, spiritually, so that when you're engaging in conversation, they can hear in between the lines and be able to point some things out to you. And you need to be strong enough to be able to see those things that are pointed out to you and not be afraid of change. When you are afraid of change, you will shoot down anything that somebody brings to your attention that's about you. 
But if you really want to get yourself together this year, you have to be able to embrace change. And you have to embrace it even in your fear. So there may be some element of fear inside of you, but if you want to see something different happen in your life, you have to embrace change even with fear with some fear in there. Because when you embrace that change, if it's a spiritual change that is taking place in your life, fear will automatically be dismantled when you embrace that change. You know, when you do that, it will automatically begin to become, uh, it will automatically begin uh, dismantling from your life and you will not be paralyzed by it and you will not operate your life from a place of fear. You'll operate your life from a place of confidence. And assuredness of being or being assured that you can do what you're supposed to do with your life. All right. Um, even if it's being a better mom, a better dad, a better wife, you know, a better husband, a better friend, a better employee, better supervisor, manager. It doesn't matter what area of life that you're working on this year. If you embrace change in spirit and truth. Change will happen in your life, and it will dismantle those things that have hindered you in the past and kept you in a rut or kept you in um, stuck in a certain place. All right, all right. So let's that, uh, let's look at some components of an excuse. Um, uh, number one, it steals your integrity. Okay, when you make an excuse and you keep making excuses, you don't keep your word, you don't show up, you don't follow through on things that you say you're going to follow through on, it steals your integrity. And today, people look at integrity more uh, more so than anything because in the past we were face-to-face with each other most of the time. But now with social media and with all the digital uh, technology, you can talk to people now that are not face-to-face with you. And so integrity, they're, you know, they're depending on your integrity. And so you have to keep your word. You have to be truthful. You have to be an honest person. And, and you can't make excuses, even for those people who are around you in your community and in your, uh, the city and state where you live, you know, even if it is a face-to-face um, situation, if you're in business or if you're in ministry, you must, must. Integrity is important. It's a, it's a must. But when you make excuses about why you didn't do something, why you didn't show up, why you didn't return a call, you know, why you didn't um, uh, finish a, a project, why you didn't complete some work, there are services that you were going to, when you make excuses, it steals your integrity, all right? And that's the number one uh, uh, component of um, an excuse that I want you to focus on, and it's, and, um, it's simply it steals your integrity, Number two, and I'm only going to give you two. Number one is social integrity, and number two is a conditioning to stay in your comfort zone. The excuse conditions you to stay in your comfort zone, and that's easy to do. You don't even have to make an excuse to stay in a comfort zone. But what it does is it conditions you to stay there. But, you know, have you ever found yourself year after year saying, I want to do better, I want to uh, launch out, I want to I, I want to." Um, uh, progress this year. I don't want to, you know, we're at the top of the new year. Next year, by this time, I don't want to find myself even saying the same words. You know, I want to have to keep saying I want to do better. I want to do better. Well, what happens is when you make an excuse for not doing better throughout the new year, at the next year, this time next year, you will still be in that same comfort zone and you will still be saying the same thing. And so, number one, it steals your integrity. And number two, it conditions you to stay in your comfort zone. And you cannot um, 
advance in the in in your comfort zone. All right, all right. So let's move on because I know you know uh, for the sake of time, I appreciate you being here with me, and I'm trying not to um to go too fast. Um, but I do want um to point out some things before I give you some strategies for no more excuses. I want you to really look at the makeup of an excuse and what it can cause uh, to happen in your life and how it keeps you stuck in a rut and how it keeps you in a comfort zone and keeps you from progressively moving forward. And if you're not careful, you become an excuse maker. Not only will things not happen for you in your career, in ministry, um, uh, uh, in the community, you know, you know, those types of uh, professional arenas, but it will also keep you from advancing uh, in your personal life, with your relationships, even with family members, because no one, I, I don't know anybody that really likes being around an excuse maker all the time. They'll listen to it every couple, you know, every couple of family functions or whatever, but, you know, no one wants to be around somebody that makes an excuse all the time. Why didn't you come to the, the Thanksgiving dinner and you come up with an excuse? Why didn't you come to the 4th of July such a celebration? Got another excuse. And none of it, None of it is more important than what you're being asked about. Why haven't you uh, applied for college yet? You come up with an excuse. And whatever excuse you come up with, it's never going to be more important than what the, what the person is asking you about. Never. All right? Um, three devastating things about um, uh about excuse makers. Three things that are, are devastating about an excuse maker. Number one, it goes back again to being intense when I tell you this. Number one, be going on your life. But what it causes you to do, it, it causes you to magnify as if it's important when it's really not important. And so when you're if you're an excuse maker, when you're if you're not careful, making excuses will cause you to become an habitual liar. All right, number two, all right? An excuse maker develops a reputation of being un untrustworthy. And I said that integrity is important. But if you become an excuse maker, What's, you know, you're going to have a reputation of being untrustworthy. And no one is going to give you any assignment or project or anything that is very valuable or something that could be lucrative. They're not going to give it to you because it won't come to pass. So if they decide to use you or do something with you, it's going to be very, very uh, remedial, re, uh, mediocre, you know. It's going to, they're not going to trust you. So if you are an excuse maker and we're friends and we're – you know, we agree every month or once a month, and so we go to lunch together and catch up on what's going on. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to make a reservation at an expensive restaurant knowing that you may not show up. But if I go sit in a, 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 a medium level type restaurant, one that I like, you know, if you don't show up, I'm going to be just happy. I'm, I'm going to be satisfied because I probably will order what I want and I'll bring something with me knowing it's a possibility that you will not show up. So you have to, um, Look at that and say, let me make a um, a decision this year. No more excuses, because I want to be a trustworthy person. I want integrity to be integrity, my integrity to be in the forefront of my life, so that when I do anything in my life, people can sense and discern that they can trust me and that I'm going to honor my word. All right. And then the third thing um, that's devastating about an excuse maker, they put the grace of God. They put the grace of God 
the grace God has given them at risk. All right? We all have a have some grace to do some things. And if you're not careful, if you're an excuse maker, you put God's grace at risk. And I know we've all heard it in the past where, you know, somebody comes and says, you know, if you don't do it, God's going to raise somebody up who will do it, and he'll let you see it. You know, that is true. The longer you wait, the longer you put off, the long, more excuses you make, you're going to blink and somebody else is going to be raised up by God and they're going to step out by faith and they're going to trust him every step of the way and they're going to be successful on the, in their careers, you know, in their business, in ministry, in the community. It doesn't matter what it is. Somebody is going to, be, is going to get raised up by God, be raised up by God, and they're going to by, they will by faith. Follow every leading direction from God, and they will accomplish exactly what God wants them to accomplish. All right? And so I want you to keep So let's look at, you know, uh, the ten things um, to do in order to live an excuse-free life. And I'm going to give you a couple of things, and then I'll come back and give you some really simple. But I want you to... uh, Listen to these, and then I want you to really um, re- let them resonate in your spirit because, when, you know, when you, when you listen to these, there are some uh, spiritual things that you're going to need to do, and then there are some practical things, if you will, that you're going to need to do, that you're going to have to do with your hands, your fingers. You know, you've got to put some action to making change occur in your life so that you're no longer uh, making excuses, all right? And so number one is determine God's will, all right? Again, if you really want to live a fulfilled life, you must understand your calling. And I say your calling because all of us have been given an assignment by God. So you must understand your calling. You must understand your life purpose, your assignment. It doesn't matter what it is. You, will, you need to understand your calling or, your, or God's will for your life. When you get an understanding of that, now the scriptures tell us with all of your getting, get an understanding. When you get that understanding, that is more precious than anything because it defines who you are. It gives you structure to your life. It gives your life uh, an, an, uh, a journey to travel. It gives it all of that. A lot of people are still trying to find their significance in life, trying to figure out who they are, what they should be doing, what they like, what their strengths are, what their gifts and abilities are. All those, They're still trying to find all that out. 30, 40 years into their lives, they're still trying to figure out who they are. Well, you have it better than some of those people. Because the word of God says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally and abrade if not. That means he he doesn't embarrass you when you ask him questions or if you need wisdom in an area. So determine what God's will is for your life so that, that your life can be headed in the direction that it's supposed to be in and you actually have a journey that you're planning to, to travel. And so when you understand that journey and that assignment, there, are no re- there aren't any reasons why you should make excuses about why you're not doing what you're doing. Because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And I guarantee you, if you pursue it the way God intends, you, uh, you will not make excuses intentionally. And any excuse that you do make, you will go back and you will clean that up you will make sure that that doesn't happen again or happens as often as, you know, it may have, may have happened in the past. Number two, define what, what, is your, um, what is your part. Okay, so you know what you're supposed to be doing. And we've heard this said before, you know, you do what you're supposed to do and let God do the rest. 
So we've heard that. So define what your part is in this. You know, so if God says that you um, are going to be a business owner or you're going to start a church or you're going to start a Bible study um, in your home or whatever, or there are that he wants that you are to be a, um, uh, a manager or a supervisor on your job, whatever it is, what is your part? You have to know what your part is in that. And so if I'm going to be a business owner, you know, God has given me the vision and the idea, then what's my part in that? And my part in that may be to go find out more about it, to increase my knowledge and to get an understanding about what he's showing me. That's my part. My part might be to name the business or to actually now go find out where I'm supposed to, uh, you know, um, uh, maybe have an office space or, you know, what type of product if I'm going to sell products. Now my part might be to actually go and take a look at some uh the products that I'm going to be uh, uh, selling. What's your part in this? And when you understand that, what's your part in it? What's God's part? You know, because we all say, you know, as I said earlier, that um, we have this spirit. Sometimes people have spiritual smoke screens, and they use, uh, they quote scripture, uh, and they say stuff like, I'm waiting on God. I'm in, you know, I'm in prayer. God hasn't released me to do anything yet. God hasn't shown me anything yet. And, and it's really, uh, not that that, that very well can be true. But if I talked to you two years ago, at some point, you need to be telling me God showed you something. You know, so, um, you know, we have to be careful about that. And we have to, because the, the more you say that, the less, um, uh, the less uh, opportunities you have for understanding what your part is. Because, while you're hiding behind the spiritual smoke screen, God is saying, oh, probably, you know, probably try to, probably try to get your attention so you'll know what your part is. But you're sitting still doing nothing, and he's trying to get your attention, and you got the smoke screen up, you know, the spiritual smoke screen. And most people who have spiritual smoke screens, they're saying certain spiritual things, but they're not really doing those things. You know, they're saying, well, I'm just in, I'm in prayer about it. And re- reality is they're not in real prayer about it. Because if they were, God is going to respond to them. So if you, if I saw you, if I see you three years later, you're still telling me that, and nothing has happened, unless you're in school or something, or being trained, equipped, or whatever. If you're still doing the same thing and telling me three years later that you're waiting on God to show you what to do, then you must somewhere in there you got sidetracked or something. All right. And so number two is know your know what your part. Know your part. What is your part? Number three, uh, deny lack in its uh, current uh, resources. Okay? So you have to deny lack. When you start saying, you know, well, I can't do that because I don't have uh, an education or I don't have uh, a degree in that, you know, you have to deny that lack. You can change all of that, you know, especially today. You may not have a master's degree today, but you know what? In the just a few years ago, you couldn't even do it online. Now you can do it online. You can keep your job and, and get your degree online from reputable universities. So you have to deny those lacking type, that lack. What I mean by that, making those statements that uh, that magnify or put a light on lack in your life. You know, um, I don't have the um, the know-how to start a business. That's a lack. That's what you, you know, deny that. You know, I can I may not have the know how now, but I can always I can always get it. I can learn it. I can read. Everything is not technical. You know, some books out there on how to start a business are straightforward to the point and if you read if you read it and follow it, it's done. 
you know, and then some of them are just so technical and so thick and 900 pages. I don't want to read 900 pages to start a business, you know. So stop denying, uh, start, you know, start denying your lack, all right? And then number four, develop your faith from, uh, from the situation, all right? So whatever it is that's going on in your life where you're making excuses, you have to develop your faith in that situation. Increase your faith. It's very important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. All right? You need faith. Faith is the substance hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Develop faith in the situation. You need something in your life that's going to help you diminish and dismantle excuse making if that's what, if you're someone who makes excuses. All right? And number five, develop a plan of action. Okay? And when you develop that plan of action, it's going to mean setting goals. It's going to mean uh, prioritizing some things in your life. It's going to mean doing something. And I'll come back uh, in a few minutes and, and talk to you a little bit more about that. But you're going to have to actually develop a plan of action and so that you can do something different. And number six, uh, go to those in authority before the due date. In other words, you know, people who know more than you, go to them. See them as authority. When I say authority, that's what I mean. You know, go to people who can help you, you know, people who actually uh, maybe uh, know a little bit about what it is that you want to do, and then set yourself, give yourself a deadline, or give yourself, say, you know what, I I don't want to make excuses anymore. So, you know what, I'm going to give myself a deadline. By February the 28th, I will have found out what it is I need to do to actually start a particular type of business. I will contact the city office. I'll find out where I go for license to um, to get a license. I'll, or if I'm going to start a Bible study, I'm going to, by February 28th, I will know exactly how to do it or at least be what's the first step so that I can get started. If it's a promotion on the job, you know, um, if, if the deadline to apply for the job is February the 7th, you know, by uh, January 31st, I will have applied for the job seven days before it closes before the opening of uh, the, the application period actually closes. Whatever it is, you're going to need to go to someone uh, in authority uh, before and give yourself a, a date and say, before that particular date, I need to have spoken with this person, that person, whatever, whoever it is, to get whatever it is that you need to get. All right? Um, number seven, be willing to make sacrifices to succeed. You got to make some sacrifices. I said this on another show. If you're used to sitting in front of the TV for a long period of time, then you're probably going to have to cut back on your TV time. You know, and you have to push yourself. And, you know, if you really want to challenge yourself, cut back on the time when you really know that you watch television. So if you're watching it during prime time, you're going to have to sacrifice a few prime time shows and actually work on being successful. You have to make some sacrifices. You know, if it means uh, go and take a class for 12 weeks, um, uh, an evening class somewhere at a university, at a community college, or, or going to, it doesn't matter where, go do it. It's worth it. Go do it. Sacrifice. Go get the information. Do you have to make some sacrifices in order to succeed? All right? And then number eight, focus on winners and not losers. All right? So when you when you focus on winners and not losers, you will not make excuses. You will make faith confessions and positive confessions and speak affirmations over your life when you're looking at winners. You know, sometimes when you're in a rut, the reason why you're still in that rut is because you're looking at other people that are in a rut. And you try to justify why you, you try to 
justified by looking at other people in a rut, and that's why you're in a rut. And you say all kind of things. Again, make an excuse. You know, everybody got it hard. You know, everybody sucks. So, you know, everybody got something bad going on in their life. You make people say all sorts of things, you know, and use them as excuses to avoid change, to avoid getting better, to avoid uh, progressing in life. They make all, they say all sorts of things. And then number uh, nine, be um, be patient. All right. So when you um, are, are pursuing a particular thing in your life, be patient. When you run out of patience, it's probably when you're going to start making excuses. So you know what? The Bible says let patience have a perfect work in you so that you can be lacking nothing, so that you can be matured in every area of your life, matured in your emotions, matured in your mindset, in your conversation, matured in your hearing, matured in how you do things, your hands, your feet, where you go, you know, your heart, your emotions, uh, how you relate to people, you know, how you feel um, uh, and receive um, uh, love and like and uh, appreciation, compliments, whatever, from others. You know, so you have to make sure that you are patient. Let patience have a perfect work in you. And then the last one, number 10, proceed each day with a mentality of success, and then you won't make excuses. Every day you have to um, proceed uh, with a mentality of success. And, you know, and that is um, – can be quite challenging for you, especially if you're not used to thinking like that. You know, if you're just used to making excuses and every once in a while you have a good thought. If you're not used to thinking with uh, each day with a mindset of, of success, it's going to be a challenge. And so it's very important that you learn how to do that because that helps you, that helps ground you, keeps you grounded and have you rooted where you need to be so that there will not be excuses. Instead of making excuses, you'll just simply say, I didn't do it, and I need to regroup, pull myself together, and get it done. You won't make an excuse. You'll just say, I didn't do it, and that wasn't the right thing to do. I should have done that, you know, and that's where um, I found myself, you know, last year, a certain part of last year, certain things um, that I should have um, invested in to progress, to move to the next level. I didn't, and, uh, you know, I just say I didn't do it. But, you know, you, it's real easy to find yourself making an excuse about why you didn't do it. Well, I was checking it out first. I was looking at it. I was trying to read it. I'm going to read it again. I was looking at it. I was trying to make sure it was the right thing and looking at uh, what I got, what do I get for my money, you know, all that sort of stuff, all of those excuses. That's, I'm guilty of that. All of that. All of those are excuses. You know, sometimes, like I told a family member, God shows you to do something, shows you something you should do that's going to advance you or help you. And it's not the time to ponder. There are some immediate actions uh, that we need to take at times. There are some things that God shows us. We immediately have to do them if we want to go further, see something different, see change, see better. We have to immediately do some things. There are some things we can ponder on, meditate on, pull ourselves together, pull our resources together to do it. But then there are some things that you just do. Some things you you don't even hesitate, you don't think about it, you just do it. And when you do it, everything will change. When you do it and start operating in it and uh, doing what you're supposed to do, you will see change in your life. All right? And so those are the 10 uh, things to do in order to uh, live an excuse-free life. And so I'm going to... uh, Give you some practical steps before we go. Let me just give you a couple of practical things to help you 
uh, and, and if you are there, if you, while you're getting yourself together, or if you're taking the challenge uh, with us on Facebook or on WordPress, um, on the WordPress blog, I want to give you some things that you can actually do to help you stop making um, excuses, you know. And so if you're taking notes, number one, here's what you want to do. You want to set a goal and prioritize it. All right, and so you really want to do that. And in some case, and in, for some people, it's more than a goal. You have to set goals because you have to play catch up. So you have to do some pray for God to redeem the time. So when you set your goals, then you want to prioritize your goals. All right, so you want to set your goals, then you want to prior. You want to list all. Let me tell you how to do this. Before you put your goals down, put your goals down, and then um, then you want to list all of your excuses for why you have not or cannot accomplish a particular goal. I want you to list, put the goals down first, and then I want you to list all of your excuses for why you have not or cannot accomplish a particular goal. And then I want you to go through each one and find ways to get around the excuse and solve it. All right? So you're going to list the goals first, and then you're going to list all the excuses about why you have not or cannot accomplish a particular goal. And then I want you to go through each one of those, and I want you to find ways to get around or solve those excuses, all right? And there's always a way around it. But as long as you use those excuses, as long as those uh, excuses sit in your head without being addressed, they remain obstacles to you. And they are not launching paths. They are obstacles, and you will never progress in life. You'll never see change, or you'll see very, very little of it. And then you'll become... Um, uh, disappointed with yourself when if you would have found a way around it or dissolved uh, or solved it, then you could progress and feel so much better. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about when you when you do it. For example, let's say you um, need a job and you write that down, go get a job. You know, one of the excuses would be I can't get a job because I don't have a car. All right, that's the excuse. Now, Here's how you go around that, okay? It may be true that you don't have a car, and the goal is you need a job, okay? But when you say, I can't get a job because I don't have a car, I don't have a car becomes an excuse, all right? So the way to get around that is you have to ask yourself, well, can I borrow a car to go get to go for a job interview, all right? Or can I, can I rent a car? To travel to, you know, can I go over here and rent a car and for the next day or two, get me a rental car and then I'll drive around and I'll apply for jobs. All right? Or can I can I use public transportation? I may not have my own car, but is there a way that I can go online and see how the bus, what's the bus schedule, what time it runs, which way it goes? What can I do? What can I do? Or, you know, can I um, uh, uh, ask a friend to give me a ride if I'm looking for a job? So that's what I want you to do with the exercise. Put your excuse down, I mean your goal down, and then I want you to list the excuses that keep you from uh, uh, from doing accomplishing that goal, and then I want you to come up with ways that you can go around it or you can actually solve that excuse and go around it and still make that goal come to manifestation, all right? And then when you do that, all right, number two, I want you to check into your opportunities. All right. I want you to get to the place where you don't accept any reasons to procrastinate, you know, and if you find yourself acting uh, 
similar to something like, you know, like the world is against you, you know, um, something like that, um, then I want you uh, to not get pessimistic. I want you to become positive, become a positive thinker, be optimistic, you know, improve yourself and your strength, your strength of character. And that goes back to your inner man. You've got you to gotta strengthen your inner man, all right? And then decide to live in the moment. And I said that earlier on the show. You have to live in the moment. So check into every opportunity that you have. Don't accept any reason to procrastinate. You know, uh, don't use uh, in your environment as an excuse to procrastinate. Don't use uh, your lack of education. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Live in the moment and check let every opportunity that comes before you. Check it out to make sure that it's an opportunity specifically assigned to you, all right? And then number three, stop procrastinating uh, and, uh, and start using self-talk. You know, the Word of God says there's power in lo- there's the, uh, the power of life and, and death in the tongue. So you have to start speaking to your own life. You know, um, you have to speak words that are, bring life to your life. In other words, not negative words, but power words that fill with the Spirit of God that causes the, the, the uh, assignment or the gift or your ability to actually leap in your, your spirit or your belly, if you will. You know, but you have to stop procrastinating and you have to start using self-talk. That means you have to start speaking to yourself, speaking into your own life, you know, and, and saying faith confessions that will help you come out of that uh, excuse-making and move you into action-taking where you can, so that you can see your life change, all right? And then you want to set priorities. That's number four, set priorities. You know, use your time, use your talent, and your resources uh, with, with, with people and for things that, that are meaningful to you, okay? So you have to set some priorities. And I know it's hard, but when you are on assignment, uh, you know, I've had to learn um, uh, the hard way that too. You know, when you're talking about people, um, res- your resources, people, activities, uh, you really have to go in into the core of your being and define what is meaningful to you, because you'll go to activities. And also, although nothing may uh, not be wrong with the particular activity that you uh, went to, but the timing of the activity may be off for you. So if it's a time where you're supposed to be working on something and it just happens to be, at, you know, and it's at the same time that you designated uh, a portion of your day to get something done, to work on your goals and, you know, uh, your business or whatever it is, and, you know, okay, they got um, a festival down the street, well, you're going to have to really set some priorities because you'll put your work down and go to the festival down the street and find yourself at the festival from 12 noon to 6 p.m. And now you're frustrated with yourself because you didn't set, your priorities weren't set correctly and nothing wrong with the festival, but at the moment that the festival was going, the timing of it, at that time you should have actually been somewhere working on what God has shown you to work on. And sometimes when you're getting yourself together, we have to bypass things that we normally would have engaged in, things that we normally would have gone to, our fun times, uh, they'll come back around. But if this is the season where you have to get yourself together, if this is the year where you're making that commitment, you will have to make some sacrifices. You'll have to set your priorities. And um, there are going to be some people, some activities, and some things 
that um, will have to take a back burner, and then there will be people, activities, and things that will have to come to the forefront because they're meaningful for the season of life that you're in. And when you do that, it will make it so much easier on you, okay, because you'll stop wasting your time and you'll stop um, uh, uh, being around uh, people and uh, activities that are not helpful to your life. You know, all of us can kind of probably look over our lives, our lives, and actually find somebody or some people that were hanging around our lives at cru- at certain times, and they were not helpful to our lives, and we and, and they were more um, distracting, and in some cases, um, uh, destructive than than other things. And so now, if you really are serious, you're gonna have to um, find a way to actually um, redefine uh, those relationships and redefine the types of activities that you're going to engage in right now. It may mean that for the next uh, three to four months you can't do anything because if God told you to start a business, all of your activities have to be centered around something that's going to help you launch that business. If you're going to start a church or some type of ministry, then for the next four months or so, you may not be able to go hang out at the theater. You may not be able to go to every uh, event that's going on downtown in your city. You're going to have to reprioritize, and uh, you're going to have to make sure that the things and activities that you go to are things that are going to be helpful to getting you to where God wants you to be. Um and then you want to make sure that when you're setting your priorities, all right, um, that um, you question uh, your priorities. Make sure that uh, when you change something that it does not work, um, you know, that when it doesn't work within a week, it doesn't, you know, then question your priorities. Because when you make that major change, when you take that leap of faith and, and things have to change and people got to be redefined and, you know, boundaries set, around your life, when you do those things according to the will of God, you shouldn't see some immediate change. And so when you don't see that immediate change, then start questioning it. Go back over it again, kind of look at it with a fine-tooth comb and say, did I make the right, did I, make the, did I set the right priorities? Did I make, you know, did I do the right thing here? If not, did by any chance that I just let somebody continue to hang around me because I felt sorry for them and they didn't have anywhere else to go and I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And so now, wow, this person is still hanging around me and I'm not, I keep getting bombarded with all these issues. And I can't progress like I want to. So when you've done your, when you've set your priorities, and everything, and you don't see change, if it's not working right, you have to go back and question the priorities that you set, and make sure um, that uh, that you have set the right priorities. And then um, the last one, or the one before the, the next one, uh, number seven. Uh, get out of the trap of blaming your your lost years. We all say we look back over our lives and we say, "I should have done so much more." I thought about this when I was twenty, and when I was, I should have done it when I was thirty. You know, and all those kinds of things. You know, and we again we find ourselves making excuses because we said, "Well, I should have done it a long time ago," and yada yada yada. I really want to do it then, and I'm older now, and so I'm not going to do it. I don't think I can do it. You know, all kind, all sorts of things that we say. But the the point here is get out of the trap of blaming your lost years, okay? And so you really, you know, again, thank God for technology. Thank God for improvement 
um, all the way around in technology because maybe 20 years ago you may have wanted to go to college and didn't have the finances and whatever, but now here it is 20 years later, and guess what? If you're intimidated about going to sit up in a class with a bunch of young folks, then you can take your your classes online, and you can just engage with people in, in dialogue. You know, you just won't see them. You won't see any of them, but you're still in class. But you, and you're working on that degree that you always wanted. So you really have to um, make sure that you don't use your past as an excuse and that when you look back over it, if it was something that you really wanted to do and it's still attainable today, then go ahead and actually do what you need to do. All right? All right? And then here's one. Don't excuse uh, yourself with, I need to motivate myself. Okay? So that's another excuse at times. I need to motivate myself. So whether you need um, a job, whether you need to start a business, you know, um, uh, find something that's going to actually encourage you. You know, don't sit around and say, oh, I need to motivate myself. I need to get motivated. I need to push myself. I need to, you know, all of that, those, if you're not careful, can become excuses. And you'll keep saying those things over and over again. And guess what? Six weeks from now, you'll still be saying that and nothing will be done. And you won't be motivated or anything. It'll be the same thing over and over again that you're saying. Nothing, nothing would have changed. All right? And so I want to encourage you. Those are the things that I wanted to teach you, encourage you, and teach you on um, uh, tonight. Uh, I want to encourage you to take care of yourself. If you're going to get yourself together, take care of yourself. Stop making excuses. Put yourself in a place where you take care of yourself uh, educationally, and I mean, you know, increasing your knowledge. Make sure you take, of your, take care of yourself spiritually. You know, be in right relationship with God and with your and with uh, others in the body, fellow brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Make sure you're in good standing with your family. You know, and if you're not. Go back and mend those relationships. Go bring reconciliation back. You know, make sure that you um, are taking care of yourself in your career or in business. Or if you are someone who uh, services the uh, the community, make sure that you take that you take really good care of yourself in those areas. Because when we're feeling sluggish and worn out and tired, we use those things as excuses. And there, at times when they really are the reason why we can't do something, but it's legitimate when it's like that. But then there are times when we are looking for a reason to tell, some, you know, tell somebody why we didn't do something, we use those things. You know, I'm sluggish, I'm tired, I, you know, I, I'm, I feel drained. And, you know, and sometimes we just keep repeating the same thing over and over again until it literally becomes an excuse and we don't progress in life and we don't. For those who are actually in that place, there are ways that you can come out of that, be refreshed, be revived again, be uh, rejuvenated in your spirit. There are ways that you can actually um, get beyond that. But when you're comfortable with using, with saying that and you're not doing anything to refresh yourself, it's now an excuse. And so I want to encourage you. No more excuses. This is a year where you are to be excuse-free and you are to literally be walking in the assignment that God has given you. And so um, I just want to thank you for joining me on tonight. Um, And I just want to close out in prayer. And um, uh, if you are listening by phone and you would um, 
like to make a comment about tonight's show, you press the number one on your phone and it will let me know on the dashboard that um, you would like to make a comment or have a question. And um, if not, I'll give you a few seconds to pull your thoughts together. If no one has a question or a comment, then I will uh, go ahead and end the show on tonight and say again, thank you so much. And for those of you who, uh, again, uh, on um, late, late, late last night, early, early this morning, you know, when I posted it on uh, Facebook about my uncle going into surgery, for those of you who spent time in prayer and lifted him up in prayer, Uncle um, Henry London Sr., who's 94 years old, thank you so much for all of your prayers, for those who commented on Facebook and uh, and actually posted um, your prayer on Facebook. Thank you so much. Um, he is doing well, and I'm excited to to see the hand and move of God in uh, one of the elders of the family in his life. And we're so blessed that he's lived so many years and that we still believe in God for for many more. And if you were to see him, you would not even know he was 94. And if you hear him talk, he's alert. He's a, you know, you just, you you know, the picture that, you know, how we kind of picture older people, you know, it's just different than what we've conditioned ourselves to believe about um, our elders or elderly people. And so I thank God for that because in my family there is a lot of longevity in my family. And so I really appreciate that. So once again, thank you so much uh, for your prayers. Uh, continue to listen to uh, this the Got to Get Myself Together radio shows. They'll go all the way through January 31st. And then after that we'll start a new series. And But also included in this series we're going to be doing some interviews. So if you know someone who's an author, a business owner, uh, who has a great, powerful testimony? Uh, then uh, we'll actually um, we'll actually we'll open up now. We said I did a call out for people who are interested in being uh, considered for an interview uh, before the month is out. If that's you, send me an, uh, a short bio to uh, inquiries i n q u i r i e s at gingerlondon dot com. Inquiries at gingerlondon dot com. Send me a bio. Uh, send me a, a small. Uh, send me a picture of yourself so we can post it. Um, if you're selected, uh, we'll have a picture of you to put on the write up and all of the uh, media, uh, digital uh, media uh, marketing campaign uh, for your interview. And we'll also probably do some teleseminars. And usually, what we did last year when we did teleseminars, we interviewed somebody and then we actually allowed them to teach. So, if you have a specific word that God has given you, or you're gifted and and and, and uh, knowledgeable or an expert in a particular area, now this would be the time to actually get that opportunity and, and exposure, so you can help someone else get themselves together for this year. So, uh, thank you so much again for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great and prosperous evening.